If you like what we're doing here, make sure you go to our website, www.dawnofmantis.com. Also, you can find us on Twitter, at Dawn of Mantis. Make sure you like and subscribe and comment or whatever it is you do out there in the world of the interwebs. Now, on with the show. Quiet your mind. Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But two brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. Welcome to Dawn of Mantis. Joe, how's it going tonight? Well, it's the, <laughs> it's the year 2020. That good, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to 2020 with Dawn of Mantis. It's, yeah. a, it's a few days old for us now. Uh, how was your uh, How is your 2020 so far, and how was your uh, New Year's Eve? It's great so far. New yeah. Year's Eve, we, we played a show. Oh, cool. And it went okay. One of the funniest things was... Uh, I yelled, does anyone have any New Year's resolutions? And one guy in the front, dead center front row said, I'm going to try not to do so much cocaine. <laughs> Hand to God. It was great. You should have said, so that was... oh, it's probably not going to work for you. <laughs> that was fun. I don't want to be pessimistic, but yeah. <laughs> what did you what did you get up to that night? Uh, 11, 11 p.m. <laughs> You know, I kind of figure if I, well, probably like 11, 10, I kind of figure if I celebrate it with the, with New York City, I, I, I've kind of done my duty and I just kind of go to bed. Well, you know, our son wakes us up at anywhere from 530 to seven, no telling. So it's like, uh, I'm not going to stay up till one and then get up four hours later. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there was several years in a row where we had to play a show every uh, New Year's Mm -hmm. and then for the last there was like a three or four year span where nothing, which mm. to me I prefer because I get to be home with my family. And sure, I'm not driving home at one thirty in the morning that night. When yeah, because they think you're drunk. Drunk drivers. Yeah, yeah. So this was the first time we played a New Year's gig in quite a while, but it went fine. Uh, it was good, and played another show a few days later, and it went well too. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I would. Uh, it. I'd rather be home with the family on that particular night. Yeah. But I got to say, I drove. It was an hour and a half drive home after that show on New Year's, and oddly enough, I didn't see a single cop. Really. And I barely saw any traffic at all. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of strange. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah, you would <clears throat> expect to see a sobriety checkpoint or something. Yeah. But uh, I saw nothing. Not yeah. one cop. Uh, not I maybe met a dozen cars. Yeah. In that hour and a half, it was bizarre. Well, but. that's good that you just get home and not have to deal with anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I had an uncle one time, or I have an uncle that at, he constantly would get in trouble with the law and uh, get pulled over, and he would have warrants, and they would take him in, and he have to go to jail. But the thing this guy couldn't figure out is. He was always driving around at 1 or 2 a.m. in the, you know, it's like the ratio of you to other cars, <laughs> yeah. you know? You're right. It's, it's like you're going to get pulled over. You got a pretty good chance, and, and you're a person that doesn't want to. You'd think he'd just eventually, of course, that's his whole life, but you think eventually he'd just think, hey, you know, I should just drive around at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, man. 
and then uh, just kind of chill out the rest of the night. Right. Because he'd probably never get pulled up. Right. Man, yeah. I used to, I, I go home a different route now. Coming home from all the casinos over in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. I used to pass through your town. Yeah. I met five or, no kidding, five or six different times. I'd be coming through your town. It's 2.30 in the morning, 3 in the morning, because I'm coming from two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. And I would get stopped. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't say you got a taillight out or you were weaving. The, every time the guy would say, what are you doing out this late? And yeah. that just went all over. I just I wanted to say, I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> I can drive at any time I like. What do you mean? What am I doing out this late? Yeah. What the, you know, but instead I was like, I would point over beside me in the truck to the guitars and stuff. And hey, I play music. I'm coming back from a gig and I never got a ticket or anything. Sure. But it was always the same question. What are you doing out this you late? You think eventually they would figure it out. <laughs> uh, they have different people now over there. Yeah. That uh, was years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I can't say anything for the night people, but seems like they seem to be pretty good people. That's cool. The, the ones in charge. Anyway. Yeah. Actually, I, they are. I know they are. I just started go, traveling a different route home, and I've done that for years now, so I, I haven't went through there at that yeah, time of, of night. It's just, you know, they're shaking down a person, and I would imagine a lot of times it probably pays off for them. Like, somebody, they said, you know, what are you, what are you out to out doing? It's like, oh, I just uh, visited my grandma in the nursing home. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to search your car. <laughs> you know, it's like, that didn't check out. Man, I tell you what, a couple of nights ago, uh, my wife stepped out on the front porch at two in the morning mm-hmm. to let the dog out. Mm-hmm. And as she steps out on the front porch from the darkness of our yard, she hears a guy go, uh, ma'am, like that. Yeah, I didn't know this. I was asleep the whole time. <laughs> Me and the baby went to sleep hours earlier. My, my wife had we had a couple of family members over. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mallory was in from college. Sure. So they're up watching movies. Chess is like, I'm gonna let the dog out. Uh so, yeah, apparently a, a neighbor that lives down the road uh-huh. had, well, I don't want to divulge too much, but anyway, he was uh, uh, not in a good position, I guess. Yeah. He ended up, uh, like, um, you know, uh, out of his house and uh, okay. basically just needing to call somebody. It was nothing nefarious or bad. Yeah. Uh, but his, his phone was dead. And she asked, he asked her if, if, you know, hey, could you charge my phone on, on your porch for just a minute? Just enough to give me a couple of percent so I can call somebody. <laughs> and it scared her, but she's got a pretty strong intuition. Yeah. And, uh, of course, it kind of freaked me out when she woke me up and told me about it. But, you know, I was feet away. I was literally on sure. the other side of the wall asleep. Sure. So all she would have had to do was, boom, like pound the wall with yeah. her fist and go, hey, and I would have woke up. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so... She let she grabbed his phone, charged it on the porch, and the only thing she did say was, uh, you need to stay in the yard in the driveway, you know. So he was about thirty yards from her the whole time. Yeah. And because she said, I gotta sleep in baby, I got my whole family's and and the dogs might bark and you know. Oh, plus yeah, it makes me feel good. more comfortable. Yeah. And he was super cool about she it. She didn't really know him. No, we don't know him. Oh, okay. Um, but uh yeah, so initially she was freaked out just for a second, but uh, she ended up helping somebody that needed help, and he charged yeah. his phone for a little bit, and and uh, then he, I guess he got to call somebody and was on his way. But I bet you were like, "Why didn't you wake me up, man?" I'm telling you, I I did. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." Uh, but after she um, had it though, she had it. By the time she woke me up, it was all over. It's weird. You would think with the stories we have that we live right in the middle of kind of a real busy neighborhood, <laughs> but dude, the times that we've yeah. had random people knock on our door wanting everything from a ride to town to a cigarette. 
yeah. to uh, just the other day, the people that live not too far behind us set the woods on fire and we had to call the police or the fire department. Really? Oh, yeah. And then that was the same night that this guy shows up, you know, in the middle of the night wanting to charge his phone. Was it the same like, people, was it? No, different oh, okay. house, but just a lot of interesting a lot yeah. of interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was very little, of course, I don't remember it. I was probably like a newborn. Obviously, I don't remember it. But uh, <laughs> we lived on a quite busy highway um, up in uh, the metro area. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of stories that I've heard through the years of just random people knocking on the door for random things. Really? And then it was finally enough where they just sold or, well, they they were renting so they just got something else but but yeah that's crazy so if you've got a crazy uh story knock on my door in the middle of the night story let us know we'd like to hear about it yeah there there was one guy and he was around a lot for just a short time this has been three or four years ago but i haven't seen him since but uh he was nice but just i was in my backyard the first time i ever talked to him i was back there feeding my chickens and he's, he looks like he's anywhere from like 18 to 20 at the time. Mm. <clears throat> and he walked up to the fence and was kind of just watching me feed the chickens. And I was like, okay. And then he, he just kind of out of nowhere, he was like, can I pet one of your chickens? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I can't say no. No means no. So I grab one of the chickens and I walk over. I'm like, here, man, I guess. And yeah. he pets the chicken. And he's like, cool. And I was like, yeah, that's my chicken. And so I turn around and walk back and I hear him go, can I have a ride to town? <laughs> so I think that was the icebreaker. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, man, I'll, I'll give you a ride uh, where you need to go. He said, I need to go to the library. So I walked through the house. I duck into the bedroom and grab my nine millimeter and kind of stick it in my sure. back. Because I'm a paranoid person. I don't know. Sure. I'll do something nice, but I'm yeah. going to be protected as yeah. well. So I tell my wife, I'm going to take a guy to town. Who are you taking to town? I have no idea. Yeah. But I've got this nine millimeter in my back man, pocket. So the true crime guy. I mean, that's just the beginning of one of these tales. I mean, <laughs> at the the morning of September 13th, yeah, uh, he noticed a man at his fence. Yeah. You know? That's what I hear all the time. Can I pet your chicken? I hear it in Bill Curtis's voice yeah. from uh, Cold Case Files. <laughs> Even the, the, the guy from, uh, he's on uh, NBC. Um, I forgot the guy's name. Is it, no, it's CBS. But he's got a really iconic voice, and like the way he and he, uh, Bill Hader does an impression of him. Is it Mo Rocca? No, no, it's it's the guy. He's he's been doing it forever. I oh, one of the it. older guys. And he's got gray hair, and he kind of has like a he kind of looks like Chuck Connors a little bit from The Rifleman. Okay, but he's but he's got uh, I don't know. I'll just show you later, and if you and if, at home if you want to look it up, it's it's Bill Hader does that impression of this guy, and it's so funny. The of course Bill Hader is like a master. I love, and he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. But, but yeah, he is. Yeah, uh, Bill Hader met the guy. Oh, and he, and he and he thought that he would hate him for his impression because yeah. he did an SNL bit on on him. Yeah, but the guy loved it. He said he just watched it over and over again. Oh he just God. thought it was the most awesome thing, <laughs> and so. Uh, Bill was giving him things to say, and and then he even like took him into the studio where he records his voiceover, and he let Bill like do his impression on on that's one of awesome, the. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's yeah. good hard. That's like yeah, exactly. If, he, if the guy yeah. can take being you know, made fun of, and from what I know from just listening to other podcasts, and and uh, Norm McDonald was talking about this, uh, um, Carson Carson hated. Uh, people doing impressions i've heard that yeah yeah i've read that i mean Uh, yeah they said one time in the backstage of the tonight show he was storming around and 
uh, after somebody. I forgot who did it. It might have been, did Dana Carvey? Dana Carvey came to mind, yes. Yeah. I think it and, was Dana uh, Carvey. He's like, well, now they're making fun of us. That's what he told some of the, I don't know. I, I hate it for him because I love Carson so much, but it, you can't help it if something bothers you. It's like right. if if you're a jealous person, you can't help that. I mean, you can eventually. I mean, you can get yourself out of that. But, uh, yeah, it's just a, a feeling is a feeling, like a, something that bugs you, bugs you. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. That's all I want to say about that. Well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the story with the guy, I just took him to town. He said he needed to go to the library, and I stopped at the library, and he took off walking in the total opposite direction. <laughs> so that was... You're like, yeah, you need to go to the library. Yeah, and he had see, we had some weird conversation on the way there. Yeah. It was a little weird, but uh, He's anyway. like, they've got a new... There's a new Ernest Klein book that I just have to... <laughs> I just have to dive into. Take no, me to the library, please. Yeah, so there's yeah, just a lot of weird, lot of weird stories. Well, um, so, uh speaking of kind of strange people um i was at my sister's um last week and i thought i would surprise her because she just built a house and behind it she has a fence row and it'd be like a beautiful view but it was a ton of like briars and bushes and shrubs and trees uh back there so mariah and i went over there and like cleared a bunch of that out while she was at work uh really but we just used a chain i took a chain and ran behind the back of it and made like a like a circle and pulled it all out really just did that several times but uh you know i just had my jeep and it's a four cylinder and now you know they ha- there's like one of those thorn trees and if you cut one of those down they always come back i forgot what they're called oh i've got one in my backyard yeah. i know you're talking yes um yeah. so this redneck kid came up and he was like yeah you know we were talking about that and i was like yeah if you cut that down it, it'll come back he's like yeah you seem to pull it out and it was probably a good uh you know maybe eight inch in diameter six to eight inches in diameter. Did your Jeep pull it out? No, 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 no. Oh, I was going to say, wow. Like I put the bumper on myself and after I put it on, it was bolted and there were some spots that sagged when I hooked a trailer to it. So I had it welded. So I knew the strength of it. It's it's a JC Whitney. Okay. It's made for looks, not for really pulling (laughs) pulling power. Okay. But this kid had a truck and he was kind of bragging about it because he was asking, we were in their field, uh, which we got permission from his grandpa. But he came down there and he was kind of wondering why we we're in the field and was like, "Oh, we talked to your grandpa." And he was totally fine once once we knew that. Right. But he started bragging about his truck, and then I had this plan in my head. I was like, oh. "Hey, he he's talking about how strong his truck is." Yeah. And uh, and I was like, "Yeah, I was thinking about trying to pull that out, but I don't think my Jeep would do it." And he goes, "Oh, my truck will." There you go. And I was like, "Oh, man, if you got a chain," he said, "Yo, yeah, I got a chain and stuff." I thought you'd be like, "I bet it won't." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, I bet it will." That's that's yeah. I was gonna <laughs> play that psychology. Yeah. And I was like, "Hey, I mean, he's old enough to drive. He's old enough to make that decision if he wants to do it." But he totally did it in a way I never would treat my vehicles. <laughs> Instead, I, I like just to get the chain tight and just kind of pull, yeah. you know, and just kind of. But he backed up to it to where there's a ton of slack. Oh, no. Yeah. And he gunned it. And luckily for him, which I told him not to, I said, I don't know if you want to put that much. He goes, oh, I got it. We welded that bumper on there and or that hitch on there. We welded it instead of bolted it. It's like, okay, but there's still a frame you got to worry about. No kidding. Uh, I let him do it. And luckily that thing came out, came out. And it came out and it jolted the truck pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, but... You know. There's lots of YouTube videos of people doing that same thing where the chain breaks and snaps back and busts out the back oh, glass yeah, I, or it tears the bumper yeah, off. Yeah, and, and Mariah wanted to stand and watch it. And I said, no, come over here. We're going to get behind the Jeep. So <laughs> I made I made her kind of crouch down to yeah, where in man. case something flew off. That's what I was afraid of, the chain coming back and hitting his, 
his back yeah. glass. I wish you would have filmed it, man. I, uh, I was going to, but it was. I was worried more about everyone's safety. <laughs> and then as he hooked up and he started backing up, I was like, man, I, I tricked this guy into it. You know, yeah. he's going to damage something and blame yeah. me. But what's cool is his truck, his tree, his property, his everything, his, his chain. So it's like, yeah. 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 You did it, man. You could have had no you couldn't have had less to do with it. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, yeah. 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 But my <laughs> deception. <laughs> but hey, all's well that ends well. He got to prove how big his truck was, how bad his truck was. The tree's gone. And, and I'm sure that you kind of over the top was like, Wow, dang. Yeah, wow. yeah actually I really was because I was like, Wow, it didn't tear your truck up. <laughs> uh but I gave I had ten bucks on wallet. Hey man, take twenty ten bucks for that. That's awesome. And he goes, Oh, thanks. I'll go talk a bell or something with it. But uh that was kind of cool. Yeah. But kind of shady in a way for me. To Not yeah, up. but you know what? <laughs> I bet the kid loved it. Oh yeah, he did. He had a great he time. Did. He made ten Yeah, bucks. he was revving his engine up as he drug it off into the sunset. So, uh, <laughs> Rebel yeah. flag flapping in the yeah, wind. Yeah, that's right. Woo hoo. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. We did we did some good stuff that day. So Matt, well, this is the first time we've got together since before Christmas. Yeah, it had yeah, it's been a little bit. Yeah. We took a hiatus. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of podcasts do that holiday season. Oh yeah. Our last yeah. podcast did. Yeah. I always compare us to them. We literally we literally have maybe 10,000 plays and they have like millions. And I'm like, Yay. oh, yeah, you know, them, they're us and them, peas in the pod. You know, well, right I mean, way. you know, <laughs> hey, we look up to them. We should because, you know, they're kind of industry standard. And oh, yeah, man. They're kind of doing what, you know, we're doing kind of what they're doing. I don't want to say we're they're doing what we're doing. This right. Day. No, they're doing um, it. So <clears throat> it's kind of like if you're in like a, you know, like kind of like a local like rock band and you're striving to kind of do your own music you're still like you're talking about established bands all the time right speaking of that one more tangent i've gotten back i've gotten back into vinyl so now i'm trying oh. to snatch up more vinyl okay. and stuff um i got a really after the gold rush neil young i got that in the other day um do you have harvest i i don't i, don't I have, have two i'll give you one. Oh, that's awesome i have two that's yeah. awesome yeah so i'm really trying to build that up and then i'm also looking at buying some new like kind of indie label records I bought a uh, Justin Peter Schuster one. Nice, uh, nice. I, on my list soon, I'll have Sea Change by Beck. I have to have that. One of That's, the best albums of all time. It is. It really is. It's it, one yeah. of the most underrated. I don't know why more people don't know about it. There's a concert on YouTube. It's about an hour long, and he does a lot of Sea Change stuff, and it's just him oh, on cool. like different instruments and stuff. That's awesome. Uh, it's it's a it, it's in some big cathedral or whatever. He even makes comments like, well. I cuss sometimes, but I'm going to try not to tonight since I'm in a church or whatever. <laughs> but uh, really, like, if you, you know, listen to it on a good sound system, it's a really cool, it's a really cool little live That's awesome, man. performance. I'd like to figure out a way to, to download it so I can have it to listen to it on headphones on a walk or whatever. They need an app like that, like video to audio, like that's legal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a lot of stuff's not. Like well, that. man, I've got. 350 something record I'll, i've got doubles of a lot of stuff i'll go yeah. through and see what all i have doubles Man, of what, you whatever you have. whatever you don't want that's that'd be awesome i'd you know give me a bundle and we'll do some trading or something yeah sure yeah man i got before we get started i gotta say i gotta give props to my wife man i had the most amazing christmas of my life you had like nerd christmas i it was a nerd gas yeah. christmas yeah it was like right here i mean first off <laughs> i'm looking at like what i'm looking at let me yeah, paint, paint the picture. It was. I'm looking at f three feet away from me is a velvet 
alien head bust. Yeah, man. I've never seen anything like it Neither before. Neither have I. And it's like, it's not like the 50s sci-fi alien. It's no. like, it's like Travis Walton alien. Yeah, man. Yeah. And he's kind of puckering up like he. He is, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <a> kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm looking at a mug that's like 1950s alien. Yeah, the like classic a, green. Yeah, lime green kind of almost. Yeah. Like olive drab green. And of. and like I said, it was a great Christmas, not because I got big, elaborate, expensive things, because it wasn't. It was just what it was. There, nothing yeah. was. So she she special ordered me. I didn't even know these existed, man. But it's <laughs> I sent you a picture immediately. Yeah, it's awesome. A serial killer's coloring book. Yeah. So every page, you turn one page, John Wayne Gacy. You turn another page, Otis Tool. You turn another page, Willie Picton. I mean... Do you, know, Amazing. do you know what company makes that? We should really just give a shout out to them. You know, I had it in here, but I took it inside the other day, so I don't know. It's just because it's so odd. It really is, man. And it's so awesome. I mean, it's like, I'll I'll give this, you know, we don't get a ton of, uh, of uh, you know, we don't give a ton of like free, you know, promotion to people. Right. But man, this thing's awesome. Yeah, I've got it right here. It is made by... Uh, K. Schroeder. Okay. You can find it on uh, Amazon. Yes. Uh, it's it's right here. Yeah. The uh, cover is an orange. The cover has <laughs> Nanny Doss, who's yeah, another not, yeah. not so well known serial killer, but a great one. I've heard. I've heard. A, I don't really know a lot, but there also the same the same person has some other one. The drag drag queens coloring book. Oh really? Yeah. So if that's your thing. So so Christmas night. Imagine this. Um, well, actually, we did this a few nights after Christmas. We had a second Christmas. But anyway, uh, we're around my father-in-law's gigantic dining room table, mm-hmm. and I'm with all these kids and stuff, and a lot of coloring books are kind of, even adult coloring books are kind of in right now, or you know? So there's like six or seven of us at this round table coloring, and, you know, like someone's coloring an adult coloring book, someone else is coloring, like one of the little kids is coloring Elsa from Frozen, and I'm coloring Ted Bundy. It was just the greatest, man. That's... That's like a you know a magical Christmas uh, Norman Rockwell type yeah. illustration. Beautiful, yeah. and then and then I got like a, a totally awesome uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yeah, I saw the the hoodie, hoodie, yeah, and a T shirt too that I haven't showed you yet. And uh, just and everything I got was just out of the park. I mean, yeah. my wife did so amazing, and my I got some my father in laws who got me the alien bust and this mug and stuff. But uh, it was just the nerdiest, greatest, nerdiest Christmas. Yeah, that's yeah. ever nerdy stuff is is awesome. I, was, you know, the the older I get, the more I realize like that those things that make you feel that certain way are just it's just awesome. Yeah. It's not a thing; it's the thing that reminds you of that feeling. Yeah, you know. And I'm not th- I'm not of killing. You know, <laughs> no, no, no. I but know just you of you like watching something about a serial killer and then. As you're going to bed, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go lock that door. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that feeling. Not enough to where it's like petrifying. Hey, there's another one. There's a second one. Uh, The same person, I think. And it's the uh, American female (coughs) serial killers. Oh, there's a few female ones in this book, too. Well, obviously, Nanny Doss is on the cover. Yeah. But uh, there was a couple of other ones. Um, But yeah, man. Uh, Oh, she got me another coloring book, too. It's called the Farting Animals Coloring Book. No That's kidding. Awesome. It was it was just so yeah. great. But you know what? I didn't realize something that helped me realize how goddamn weird I am <laughs> was last week. I'm, I go to Harps up here and uh, I'm in the grocery store and the girl behind the counter 
uh, you know, sometimes they're super nice. She's like, you know, uh, how you doing? Did you have a have a good Christmas? And I was like, I had the best Christmas I've ever had. It's like <laughs> just as far as what I got, you know. Sure. And then she said, "What'd you get?" <laughs> oh. As she's check as she's scanning my things, and I immediately panic. I'm like, I can't tell her anything that I really got. An iPhone. I know, right? So I was just like, oh well, I'm in. I mean, I'm into like. <laughs> you know conspiracy theories and like aliens and stuff and she was just looking at me like what are you talking about yeah well I, that's that's her problem i said i, I just no, she wasn't looking at me she looked she was looking at me with genuine like kind of curiosity not oh, like okay. snootiness yeah, yeah but i was i was just like oh, i just got a lot of conspiracy theory weird stuff yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to explain she was yeah. just kind of laughing just like oh okay she's you know i get it yeah but you know that's what helped me realize i can't even tell a stranger what i got for christmas yeah, you could have you could have and you <laughs> should have how yeah. bad did that peak oh the shit not out too of my... bad uh, you could have and you should have. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. I am who I am, lady. That's right. And I'm proud of it. Don't you judge me. <laughs> um, I guess my big Christmas present was the green light to, for my camper project. Yeah, that's, let's talk about that. Well, I'm just, uh, you've everyone's seen them. They've been building them since like the 30s. I didn't know Teardrop, that. Teardrop, handmade or homemade teardrop camper. So I'm going to create, uh, you know, it's on like a four by eight trailer. And you basically, you can build it like the teardrop camper. You can build it like with kind of rounded corners. You, you know, you can do whatever you want. But it's basically, um, the back has a thing called a galley. You open it up and that's where all your, like your ice chest and your, uh, your you know, you have like, you, some people have like a stove there and you can cook breakfast there. I'll have right. something either built in or not. I don't know. I just, I'm tr- going to try to find deals on everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, uh. The air conditioner is going to be pretty cool. I've been stressed out about cutting a big hole in it after I spent all this time getting it to where it's perfect and it doesn't leak. <laughs> yeah. But then I found an AC unit that you can buy. It's, it's you know, a few hundred dollars, but the advantage is, like, you can set it on the tongue of the trailer, and it has, like, two. They have one. They have some with two, and they have some with one that has two hoses that the oh. hose goes up, and it's like a big shop vac hose. Nice. And all okay. you do is have something in the side of the trailer that's, like, got a cap, and you unscrew the cap and slide the... Yeah. And that way, it's just, like, AC, just, like, one or two vents blowing in. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Way better design. Yeah. I think Actually, I think all of them are, too, because I think it's... It might be return and exhaust, but I'm not totally sure. That would make sense. Yeah, it ha- yeah. it'd almost have to do that. I could see how that would be way better than cutting a a like 18 inch by 12 inch yeah. gaping hole in the yeah. side of your trailer. Yeah, so it's, it's, that way you seal it. So wood on the sides right. and then aluminum over the top and the back. Um, so I'll probably do some kind of stain, uh, and then uh, you know the lacquer or uh, shellac or whatever you do on the outside that's super waterproof and yeah. The good thing is I can park it in the shop most of the time. So the problem with campers, no matter how well they're made, if they set out in the elements, eventually, well, I, I don't want to say this about all campers. Not all campers do this, but especially with a homemade one, the chances of it leaking are pretty decent. Yeah. Unless you were uh, probably after your third or fourth one, maybe not. Uh, maybe I'll get lucky and and make it pretty watertight. Uh, yeah, you're pretty good at that stuff, so I wouldn't be surprised if. Well, I mean, there's so many, there's the resources. It's it's almost like my complaint now, and it's it's a teeny tiny complaint, is that there's so much <laughs> to where I, I'm like, yep, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna build it just like that. That's a good idea. And then I watch another YouTube video. Oh, this YouTube, this guy's plan's even better. Yeah. And then you find people that are making like these, 
like they're called woodies. They're the the hundred percent of it's wood, and it's and it's so awesome. And they use like birch and all these different oh, types sweet. of woods, poplar, and it's like use this here and this here, and because you'll get the best finish, and then this will be the best for the interior. Uh, so there's a lot to think about. Dang. So but um, I just need. To, I think I've kind of. I'm pretty sure I've decided on. I know the size is going to be four by eight, but. I just got to decide on size, shape, and how I'm going to do the spars. And uh, the floor, I think the floor and the ceiling, I think that's all I'm going to insulate. And the sides are, it's going to be uh, a sheet of, uh, th- uh, probably two sheets of half that are sandwiched together. Okay. One okay. sheet cut a little bit smaller where all the spars fit into it. Right. I just have to look at it. I have my own ideas, but then I have, uh, you know, I want to have my own thumbprint on it somehow. I don't right. want to just do 100%. I mean, you can buy plans uh, for 20 bucks on the internet, and it's all every measurement and everything. Right. That kind of stresses me out a little bit because if you mess up one part, you know, then you have to compensate later or fix oh, something yeah. later. Yeah. So I'd almost think it's a little less stressful to kind of look at other people's plans and then kind of make it your own in yeah. a way. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you don't get something they're trying to say. I don't know. It's quite stressful, but it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm a, like stressed, happy, stressed, happy. I kind of go back. And well, yeah, because you enjoy the creativity of yeah, building exactly. the thing. Yeah. I got totally obsessed with wanting to buy a school bus and convert yeah. it to an RV yeah. for a while. I've got, yeah. I got a Pinterest board that's like yeah. 500 pictures of that. You know, I'd and- recommend. <laughs> I'd you know, I'd recommend a van. I really would, just because from what I've read, school buses are cool. You can do a ton of stuff, and it's a crazy amount of space. But, uh, you know, I've heard, I've read about some people doing these vans and, and you can make a van really awesome. Mm-hmm. You just make the captain's chair where it turns around. And, and of course, if you're going to want to have a shower and a bathroom, you almost have to go bus. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Hey, I'll plug KOAs. KOAs are pretty awesome. Sometimes, sometimes it's a little pricey to say there. Sometimes it's like 25 a night, but, uh, if you got, you know, motel even a cheap motel that would probably give you a bed bug be more than 25 50 bucks you know but koas have showers bathrooms some of them have swimming pools yeah they have hiking trails around them and And they're everywhere right yeah they are everywhere and in the reviews you can read the reviews all day long and you can almost and we did that a few years ago we planned our out west trip around kind of koas we said it uh two i know three different koas really yeah and we looked at ones with reviews and this one had a big splash pad with all the water coming out of the ground that's and stuff. awesome you could rent these little trike looking bikes um anyway uh so if you know the bus is cool um but you know something like a van or a trailer it's a little bit smaller and a little bit more nimble right right and that makes the trip mate so i mean there's a lot to think about you know hey i'm in a facebook group uh called the schoolies and uh people show some really cool things oh, where yeah. they actually build like a back deck on the back of it it's like yeah. I, I don't know there's they some cut really part cool... of the bus out yeah. yeah and then so there's yeah i've seen that too that's awesome yeah. i mean there's a ton of stuff you can do uh, yeah i mean it's that's awesome too but like you said with the vans i've looked at a lot of those too and man some of the conversion vans with the high top things on them and those yeah. are amazing yeah They're and sometimes awesome. you can find those for two or three thousand bucks and there's not a lot wrong with them. No. I mean, the cool thing is, is a lot of those conversion vans, smaller companies did it. So the parts come off so you can like redo it and put it back. So a lot of times it's just 
a flat piece of wood with like cutouts. Yeah. So that's how they do certain parts for the lights. So I always thought if a guy got one of those, they could take all those off, redo all the carpets and something that doesn't look so old because some of that carpet it always has that smell, you know? <laughs> so I just thought you could redo it, do new automotive carpet. You could redo those panels. Maybe you could rhino line them or something. Yeah. That'd look really cool. Yeah. Put them right back up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's just kind of, I thought about that too at one point. Man, my dad had a mid-70s Ford Econoline huge van. Yeah. <laughs> back when I was a kid, and it had gray shag carpet. All them <laughs> ceilings, floor, yeah. walls. And I would do anything. I still got pictures of this old yeah. van, and uh, oh God, I'd love to have that thing. Yeah, that was yeah, so that's cool. yeah, that'd be really cool. And then, do you remember the big ass band van that I bought for uh, our yeah. old band? <clears throat> that was, was a, that was another Kona line. That's probably like a fifteen hundred or something like that. It was, yeah. and uh, it was two tone brown, but we sanded it down and painted it black with yellow and red uh, flame. <laughs> it's freaking cool, man. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Hey, you want to talk about getting? You're talking about getting pulled over. Uh, you drive that thing around a little bit today. Yeah. You would be a, uh, target. Yeah, man. Especially I look like Grizzly Adams right now. <laughs> if I just put on a bandana, I, someone would be like, that van has 600 pounds of weed in it. I know it. Yeah. Let's pull over old flame guy here and see what he has. <laughs> yeah. I bet he's, he's flaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flaming with meth. Yeah. I'm, I just think, hey man, what are you guys doing back there? We got till laid out or something. Anyway. Hey, license and registration. Isn't that the license on the bumper, man? That's a, <laughs> a Cheech and Chong, Chong line. You asking for license my weed on license? The bumper? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my weed license. <laughs> All right, man. 40 minutes. Yeah. Now we're in 30 minutes. Let's let's talk about what we're going to talk about. Oh, what uh, was that? Where on earth is Theodore John Conrad? Yeah, where is this mofo? This poor guy's went and got himself missing. <laughs> It's not exactly like that. Oh, okay. Am I am I reading into that wrong? Not poor guy. I mean, he purposefully is missing. Rich on purpose. guy. Yeah, he's rich now. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's. I guess I accidentally started a theme because you know the last episode was about the Santa Claus bank robbery. Hey, we're in a bank robbery kick. Yeah, this is another bank robbery. I think I said bank robbery. I don't think so. I didn't hear that. Bank robbery. Maybe you did. Yeah. But yeah, this guy robbed a bank and uh, uh, disappeared. He said he was successful. Mm. And uh, it was many, many years ago, and he's never been seen since. Oh, okay. Very, cool. Yeah. Let's talk about him. Yeah, I'm ready. I like it. Theodore John Conrad. There have been several pretty famous unsolved heists throughout history. England's Great Train Robbery, the D.B. Cooper hijacking, and oh, the Ants. Cooper. I know. We got to talk about him yeah. more. It's just been talked about so much. I know. But I love it, though. It might be the only, isn't, isn't, am I correct? The only successful hijack? It, as, yes. Okay. As, yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, as far as I know, yeah. Yeah. Because he was never caught. Um, people hijack anymore. And nowadays, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, not since you know when. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. In 2001, I don't know yeah. that that any plane has been hijacked since then, do you? Yeah, I don't know. It was a big thing. I remember in the 80s and stuff. That was a common word, like people yeah. hijack. It yeah. seems like seems like I, when I was a kid, it was like it I was think kind of a big air or was it sky marshals? Oh yeah, I think they're way more common now. And then plus, getting through airport security. Oh yeah, is near impossible. I mean, no, no, I don't want to say that sounds so stupid. It's not near impossible. It's very unlikely. Uh I don't know. For some reason, I didn't want to leave that like that. 
I, I don't think anyone could ever do that. You know, that's that's such a silly thing. Right. Right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's. I mean, it probably just used to be where one guy named Bill was like, "Okay, enjoy your flight," you know. Yeah. And he it looked okay to me. Yeah, and you could have your pocket knife in your pocket, and you could smoke a, a yeah. palm all. Years ago, I was reading a book about Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, uh, and this guy that was a reporter was kind of recollecting on his time that he met with Lincoln, and he's talking about how he rode a horse up to the gate of the White House, hitched his horse to the hitching post, and one of Lincoln's sons was out front playing, and he's like, is your dad home? His, well, not your dad. Probably said father. Better, prop, more proper. Still, though, English. is your father home? It's like, yeah, I'll run in and get him. And he ran in. So it's like. <laughs> oh, my God. John Wilkes Booth didn't yeah. even have to go to the play. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even have to see our American cousin. Well, I think this was. Uh, yeah, I think this was early in the presidency. Okay. You know, whenever it wasn't so, you know. Well, of course, actually, it always was because, you know, when he got elected, the South was crazy. But I guess maybe no one's thinking assassination. Yeah. But I, I just think that's crazy because you wouldn't see what's the kid's name now, the Trump kid. Uh, Jared a, Kushner? No, no, like the little one. Oh, I don't know. His name's like Eric some, or something. I no, there's a little one. I forget it. A Baron. Oh yeah, you're hey, right. Hey Baron, where's your dad? Oh, he's inside. Let me go get him. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 I want to go visit. Hard him. to imagine that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep. Sorry. So no. Tangent. Yeah. The thing with. Uh, there's people have suggested stuff too like why don't you cover this but like i've said before on the podcast if it's something that's like if if i can type it in on a search engine and 1700 other podcast episodes come up that other people have done i'm like yeah we can't contribute whatever yeah it's we like do that can we do something that someone hasn't done very many times right and if we and if we're gonna do something like that can we bring something new in can that would be my condition to do it to do a uh um what's his name again uh, db uh, cooper yeah cooper yeah to do that to and bring something new in there's no one no that's like yeah. jack the ripper yeah anything like that you're not gonna do anything no one else has done you know i mean i guess if you focused on like i don't know how many people have went over the story where the guy back in the 90s claimed to be him and actually died right right and right I remember like that. there was some pretty compelling evidence i don't know if that's been done but maybe that's the angle you talk yeah. a little bit about the hijack and then about that, but I don't know if that's an episode. Yeah, I don't either. We just already talked about it just now, so never mind. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, England's great train robbery, famous heist, the D.B. Cooper hijacking, the Antwerp diamond heist, to name a few. But there's a case of an unsolved bank robbery in Ohio that has been a thorn in the FBI's side for over 50 years, despite knowing exactly who committed the crime, that was Theodore John Conrad, as well as how and when he did it. Though Conrad may have lacked a few of the advantages of D.B. Cooper, who's basically a ghost whose identity we can't really say for sure, much less where he ended up, Conrad was still able to stroll out of a bank in 1969 carrying a bag full of cash and never be seen again. Was he a brilliant mastermind who pulled off the perfect crime and getaway or just really, really lucky? I would say, and uh, the words eluding me, um, I would say he he was very he kind of stuck to his guns on this thing because obviously if you know who it is, you just have to go to like familiar, like family members and watch them like survey them and yeah. like old addresses or places that you think he would go based on connections. 
He'd have to disciplined. He'd have to be very disciplined not to to do those things. Say, hey, if I rob this bank and go, I can never go to any of these places again. Because there's, I've heard it said before that you can't successfully hide without help. And I don't. Yeah. Maybe that's not true. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I would think for the most part it isn't, but it would seem that if you were smart enough and you set things up in advance. Right. Um, now I think that's very difficult to do because everyone's going to Google something. Right. Yeah. They're 50 gonna years history, ago. Right. You know, um, I mean, back then, I don't know if they went to the library and they're like, hey, what book city check out the last? You right. Know? Right. Right. I yeah. mean, I don't know if that was the. I don't know. I wish. What was the comedian? I want to say it was Tom Papa, where the guy, <laughs> a guy disappeared and they found where he was by get looking at his internet Google search history. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, man, if I disappeared and they looked at mine, they'd be like, oh, look, he was he was kidnapped by naughty Asians, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a our our computer, our AI crime computer has spit out a report here that shows multiple countries that he might have been to. Looks like Vietnam is the number one. We should send agents down there. We think he was taken by sexy cheerleaders. <laughs> yeah. Let's check that Ridgemont High School. <laughs> Ask Brittany. I bet she knows. <laughs> All right. So Ted Conrad, let's meet this guy. He was a smart kid who had a, led a fairly unremarkable life up until he decided to pull off one of the biggest unsolved bank heists in U.S. history. He was born in Denver but moved around a lot as a child because his father was in the Navy. However, while Conrad was still fairly young, his parents divorced, and his mother soon remarried a man named Raymond Marsh. And he and his sister moved in with his mother to Marsh's home in Lakewood, Ohio, just outside Cleveland. Conrad had an IQ of 135 and did well in school. Question, mm. what is an average IQ? Because that doesn't tell There's me a one, 120? 120? Uh, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. A 120 actually might be on the high side. Let's find uh, let that me out. Google real quick. that. I, I used to know because one thirty five. You know, IQ used to be a pretty. Uh, oh, one uh, hundred is average. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So he was a good deal above average. Um, or, or is one thirty five? Yeah. So if you look at the curve, it says nearly seventy percent of all people score within plus or minus of the average score. Okay. So between you know one fifteen and seventy five. Okay, what can we find out just just as a frame sorry. of reference? Can we look up the IQ of some, somebody really intelligent like uh, Einstein? Einstein, one sixty, it says one sixty. Okay, yeah. okay. So wow, that's Einstein. Yeah, at one sixty. So Ted Conrad was fa- a fairly smart guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Because yeah. he's halfway between. It says average and it says uh, one thirty to one forty four, and this scale. Let me look at it. I think it says above average. I think that's where he is. Okay. Um. Yeah, and hey, I've got a good chart here, man. This thing's awesome. Yeah, and he's actually high intelligence, uh, approaching superior. Wow. Uh, Pascal uh, of like uh, to um, I think wasn't Pascal the one that? Um, um, no, the, I'm thinking of Pasteur for the uh, vaccinations. Oh, Louis, so, yeah, or not vaccinations, but no, actually the, bacteria right. and stuff like that. Uh, Bobby Fischer, 187. Chess That's where the genius. pasteurization comes Darwin, from. Darwin, right? 165. Mozart, uh, 165. Wow. Einstein, 161. Copernicus, who, you know, are a model of the universe, our solar system. Mm-hmm. So anyway, 
Uh, and then um, the chart right here says uh, 40 to 54, severely challenged, and then 160, 75, 160 to 175, extraordinary genius. So let's looking at uh, 80, 85 to 114 average, and then 115 to 129 above average. What was the IQ of... Uh, Oh my God! Who he just passed away recently? Oh, um, uh, Hawking. Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Okay. Hawking. Hawking. IQ. Yes. I'm curious. It has to be 170 or or higher. Here's a story about a 12 year twelve year old girl that has a 162 IQ. Jesus Christ! Really? Yeah. Uh, it's saying. Oh, it says Einstein might be somewhere uh, uh, upwards of 190. Jesus, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, you never, probably never took it, so you just have to... Uh, right, right. You know, speaking of this, <laughs> it's going to sound political, <laughs> but, you know, I won't even name any names. You can take, so so if you're a high schooler or, or a middle school kid, every book that you want to check out at, at the library or you want to read, you can take a sample of that text copy and paste it in a computer and based on vocabulary usage mm -hmm. it gives you this thing called a lexile level okay and then most people speak at like you know high school or middle school mid between junior high and high school level <laughs> i know where you're going so based on just your language and and you the, the choice of words yeah. that you make and, and that is a strong correlation to intelligence to intelligence right so if you just listen sometimes, you know, people are like, oh, how, how do you know you don't like a politician or a person? Uh, you know, it's okay. Uh, you don't have to judge everyone by the way they speak, especially if you're like friends with them or like acquaintances or something like that. You know, you don't have to do that. But if someone's willing to say, hey, I'm going to represent you, maybe you should kind of be like, okay, I'm going to listen to kind of the way you talk and, and maybe we'll put that to a level and see maybe what kind of problems well, it makes sense that yeah your intelligence and how articulate articulate you are would be yeah neck and neck and so. it also and it also you know the number one in the number one boost booster uh what do you think that and you'll get this what do you think booster lexile level the most what could you do reading reading <laughs> boom yeah. i knew you'd get it i mean i just cherry i just you know underhanded pitch that one to you right but i kind of knew you'd get it because you're incredibly told you not uh, yes no, you are dude, I'm yeah gonna, you, uh, you i would are. be terrified to actually find out what my IQ really no is. no it's good it's good especially in your writing your writing's really good uh so but you know and i i don't think i have to finish what i was gonna say but ryan right, i know what you're saying you yeah. can you can tell how much someone reads by how they talk right um yeah yeah and if you don't read at all and you do that Lexile level, it's not a good number. <laughs> and it's been done for a lot of politicians, right. Republican and Democrat. And right. I'm not going to say that it's it swings one way or another, but individually it's very telling. So don't say that you do that if you don't, because everyone knows. Right. You know, I, that's, yeah. that's all I have to say. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I say that all the time now. So speaking, you know, if it's a direct correlation between your articulation I and can't your intelligence. Say it, I can't say it's a direct correlation. If it is, though, 
Yeah. Dennis Miller would have to be like the most intelligent guy on the planet. He's very intelligent. That guy has the widest vocabulary I've ever heard. <laughs> Honestly, listen to just any sure. interview or uh, stand-up bit or anything yeah. from Dennis Miller, and uh, you're going to the dictionary because you're like, his, what the hell? His radio show that he had, The Seller Crowd, for years. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I, I listened to a lot of the stuff that he did when McDo- Norm McDonald was on there. Right, right, um, right. The second time I mentioned him. But, yeah, he's very good, kind of the way he wraps things up, and so someone will say something, and he'll say, so, you da 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 And he has, like, a good cadence, and he oh, throws yeah. out things you wouldn't think of. Yeah, he's a great speaker. Yeah, I love Dennis Miller. Uh, someone else who pops who pops to mind with just being just a great orator, two, two guys, uh, Christopher Hitchens. Oh, yeah, for sure. A master. For sure. Uh, and then also, um, oh, my God, we were just talking about him on one of the last one or two episodes. Uh, uh, oh, Orson Welles. Yeah, Orson Welles, for sure. Was just I could just listen to Orson Welles talk for hours. Oh, uh, yeah, fantastic, for sure. Man. And luckily, there's a lot of that out there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he were alive today, he would have an incredible podcast. Oh, are you kidding me? I would listen to Orson Welles every day. Yeah. Can if you he imagine? Had a podcast. God. Just, him, he would just, it would just be, like, so soothing. I'd probably go to sleep to it. I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not because it was boring, just because it put your mind at ease. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. He was a, a treasure, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, he this we, we, we kind of uh, talked about how he was an army brat. We're back to Ted Conrad now, believe it or not. <laughs> hey, we'll do whatever we want. This is the tangent episode. Yeah, man. This is how he got to uh, Ohio. You know, he, his mom divorced and remarried. He had an IQ of 135, did well in school. He was in the German club and was on the student council. After graduation, Conrad enrolled... At New England College, that's a small liberal arts school where his father, then retired from the Navy, was an assistant professor of political science. He did well there, and uh, just as he did in high school, becoming freshman class president. However, after only one year, Conrad would leave New England College to return home for evening classes at Cuyahoga Community College. I've heard of that for some reason. It's a weird move on his part, but... I couldn't really find any elaboration as in, as to why he did that. Yeah. But maybe Cuyahoga Community College has got some chops. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I'd be. heard of it as well, and I don't, I don't know where or why. It must be from a movie or something. Must be so. Yeah. You don't forget Cuyahoga. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, for sure. Though we may not know why he suddenly changed schools or what else was going on in his life at this time, we do know one thing. Ted's favorite movie was The Thomas Crown Affair starring Steve McQueen. Have ah, you seen it? No, but Me I know neither. I know some I know some stuff about it. Um wait, no, that's something else. I'm thinking of Clear and Present Danger. Okay, so the The Thomas Crown Affair was released in theaters in 1968 and quickly became not only Conrad's favorite movie but the example he would live his life by. So the movie's main character was obviously Thomas Crown. He was a wealthy playboy who orchestrates a giant bank heist just to see if he can get away with it. Oh, okay. So Conrad began modeling (laughs) himself after Thomas Crown, that is, dressing like him, acting like him, even uh, buying an MG sports car, and he took classes and became fluent in French. What other podcasts are we talking about recently where someone uh, mimicked someone else? Oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't on the podcast. It was that series on Netflix, Don't F With Cats. Dude, we just watched that. Yeah. That guy was mimicking the Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. Uh, well, not just that, but something else, too. The Luca Magnata? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> finished that series, but yeah. I knew all about that. Yeah. And what a sick... Uh, well, I can't say it. Oh, my favorite bastard. part. My favorite part of it is 
the part that got me, and it's just kind of the way my brain works, is just the group, the Facebook group. Man, they were amazing. <laughs> that were like, okay, that vacuum cleaner, yellow with a gray. Yes. Where and is they, it sold at? Oh, it's only sold here. Went to the They went to the vacuum cleaner mechanic store and talked to the expert. Yeah. They even the pack of cigarettes laying on the bed had a Surgeon General's yeah. warning. So they're like, okay, that's the United States because they don't put that on. And whatever other countries, and even though he was in Canada, it's amazing. Yeah, and here is my gift to you and to everyone out there. There is a thing that I was wondering. I was like, hey, this is cool. Little investigations done by internet people. There is a thing called RBI. You might already know about it. I don't think so. It's called the Reddit Bureau of Investigations. (laughs) So if you have, it really, and and, and some of it's funny, some of it's not. But if you have a mystery, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's very like, you know, low level, like, hey, I was wondering, I can't remember this from childhood or whatever. But you can post your little thing on there and people chime in below it on the comments. Man, that's and awesome. And then they'll put a thing solved, you know. Yeah. You know, Man. so you should scroll through when you're at work and, and read the RBI and you might even find stuff for the podcast on there. Yeah. Let's do Yeah, I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it. That it, is it's, awesome. It's kind of cool because it's in that vein of like, internet investigations and stuff like that right uh there's some kind of cool stuff on there i can't think of any nothing comes to mind now but i scrolled through there one day and there's another thing called tip of my tongue where uh that i'll recommend from reddit reddit doesn't get anything from this uh but (laughs) it's basically like and it's and the only reason i mentioned it's because i said i kind of said one earlier like uh something from childhood you can't remember a movie a tv show a book or anything mm-hmm. you can say it's i can't think of the name of it i can't think of who this actress is and you could just spill out all you know about it yeah and then it's crowdsourcing that's Someone's like, awesome yeah that's kind of yeah. cool too man yeah. that's cool yeah because sometimes you're like oh i can't place this uh thing that i'm thinking of so anyway yeah you always feel like yeah that movie you know where the guy's driving a a, a t-bird and you know yeah. that movie i think he's in like england yeah like, yeah what the hell are you talking and if about? you're odd like us the stuff that you love won't be, I can't think of that movie that everyone loved that was a blockbuster. Right. And you wouldn't forget that anyway. Right. It's like some obscure thing that you saw when you are a kid that's awesome. Right. You know, uh, that only just like a certain crowd liked. Yeah. The rest of people are like, that's stupid, turn it. You know? I know. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Speaking of that, I wore my uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 <laughs> sweatshirt or hoodie you kind of do that i i I was gonna say this before you you do that it's like a social experiment right it is okay go ahead go ahead i wore it to the show three days after so it was january 3rd or 4th and out of the whole crowd and the whole night we were there i keep pumping my mic i'm sorry you're good uh three people recognized it oh really (laughs) so one was the sound guy who's a really cool guy he's way younger than me but the second i walked in he was like dude yeah. Yeah. And then one of the security guards. Yeah. Uh, because during the breaks, I don't smoke and I can't stand cigarette smoke. So I go out and just breathe nice air. Sure. Yeah. That's during that's the breaks. And so the, the security guard was walking by me and he's like, man, I, I used to watch it all the time in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. And then awesome. uh, and then just a random crowd person was just like, yeah, MST3K. Yeah. You know, so it's really cool, man. And it's, hey, I'll say any fan that we picked up from that episode where we did, I. I appreciate everyone that listens to us, but I really appreciate you guys. You, I, I just feel like you're our crowd. 
Oh yeah. Like you, you are us. You are just us listening to this going down the road and, and we appreciate you. We want everyone, but we really like you guys. You guys are just, we have favorite, but you're a little more favorite <laughs> to me, to me anyway. Yeah. yeah it's it's like kind of weird, but, but, uh, you know, it's kindred spirits and we feel a connection with you. Uh, that's not weird at all. It's like with our kids. Uh, we love them equally, but we, one of them is, come on, let's be honest. We like one more than the other. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I am kidding. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you are. But, but don't, but to, to kind of elaborate on that just a little bit, I mean, they're different types of love, but they're not, one's not better. And, and I know that's what your parents told you when you and your brother asked who was loved more. <laughs> uh, well, I love you in a different way than I love crazy eyed steve right you know? <laughs> uh, i don't know it's different like you have different things different like connections with yeah. different kids yeah and then our 14 year old it's it's hard it's it's taking some adjustment for her you know she's like because the two-year-old she's like you you guys have to constantly you, you guys are constantly like yeah sure. she's two yeah we have to constantly pay attention to her i'm sorry but I still love you. Yeah, you know? I get that. Too. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do because you you have exactly the same situation at home. Well, so since anyway. we're on, since we've been on tangents all night, one more kind of, two uh, more, heartfelt, five more, one more heartfelt one. Okay. Speaking of kids, okay, uh, my oldest daughter, uh, she's 20. She texted the day. She said, "Hey, call me right away." And I was like, "Oh crap, something's wrong." So I call her, and she's like, "We have to take a trip to like somewhere in Ohio or something." <laughs> On February 26th, we have to go. And it's like, what is it? She said, no, I want it to be a surprise for you. But she thought, and, and she just didn't read the fine print because she saw it. And she's like, oh, my God. She thought Neil Young was playing there. Oh. But he's not on tour right now. Okay. Uh, he's got a newer album that came out in November. Okay. With Crazy Horse, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. Uh, but uh, he's not playing. It's actually a tribute band. Oh, so I told her, man. I said, that's a tribute band. And so... When she hung up the phone, I could tell. I mean, she was okay, but I think she thought it'd be like the most awesome surprise. Which it would have been. Bucket list or whatever. Right. Uh, artist. Uh, but anyway, um, so when I hung up the phone, I was actually driving and then I decided to call her back. Um, and uh, I said, hey, you forgot something that's coming up that's going to be totally awesome. And she's like, what? And I was like you'll be 21 and there's a lot of times where I want to go see a local band and my friends are too busy or whatever, you know, and I can't, but I mean, I mean, that's something you like. You like the like local folky indie rock bands. Yeah. It's like, we'll be able to meet there and watch, you know, a band. And I, and I have never been able to do that with you cause you're yeah. not of age. So, yeah. so in June she'll turn 21. Wow. And so I said, I know that's kind of lame going with, she said, no, that's awesome. She said, I still, I'll still go with my friends to like, you know, do the party thing. Right. You know, the club thing. Right. It's like, yeah, I'd never do that. And she said, yeah, I know you wouldn't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but I said, yeah, I mean, there's a couple places that I know that are just kind of, it's like, you'd never see a fight there. It's just, this, it's just cool people. Right. You know, and, and she can get in there and we can watch those. And I'm super excited about that. And now she is too. So I was like, that's a, I mean, even though that would have been Neil Young, if it was really Neil Young, oh, you know, dude, oh. but that would be awesome. But, I, but I'm more excited about this because it's close and I'll be able to do it with you. And, you know, is it kind of a cool way to wrap up that yeah. thing? And that will be awesome. Cause she's totally into that. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. That would be totally Like she sends awesome. me links all the time to like new music she finds. That's not, 
new music. It's like something older. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I Man, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, the closest I've got with that to that with Lexi so far, and I think you've taken Hannah to this. It was the Liverpool Legends. Yeah, sure. So just looking over and seeing like when they started playing some of Lexi's <laughs> favorite songs, just looking over, and I mean, she was she was just like awestruck, yeah. you know? Yeah, and hey, they're a nationwide tour. Uh, Liverpool Legends, uh, Beatles tribute band, amazing. Yeah, they they travel uh, in the I think in the summer they're mainly in Branson, Missouri. I believe that's but right. But in yeah. the rest of the year they travel all around. So you should look all them around up. the uh, world. Uh, the sister of uh, George Harrison, uh, she was a big part of putting mm-hmm. them all together, Louise finding Harrison. them. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's something you should go to because if you're a Beatles fan, you you shouldn't miss it. Exactly. Uh, there's YouTube videos you can watch. I mean, they play Hard Day's Night, and it's like, wow. It's amazing. And they're doing everything. I mean, they found people that can actually play and yep. sing and harmonize. And yeah. They have a guy, if you're worried about the studio years, where they got into the rubber sole and passed, like Sgt. Peppers, and where they did all that cool stuff. They have a guy that's a master of, like, the triple-decker keyboard. Yep. And he'll do, like, the solo from In My Life, uh, oh, that's what I was about to bring up. Yeah, dun, 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 crazy. Yeah. He does it, and, it, and he played that there. Yeah, that it's night. it's awesome. And it's like after the show, like I I shook their hands and stuff before, but one show I was like, man, I'm tired of just shaking those guys' hands. I need to go to this. He's on his end on the end, and people aren't really talking to him as much, right? Because they're like, oh, I want to see the guy that's Ringo, and I want to <laughs> see the guy that's Sean. But I shook his hand. It's like, hey, that's magical. That's that's. You know, I've listened to this little album so many times. Yeah. It's like to hear that. He nailed it. Yeah. And and he did, you got to think about how big that is. He did that stuff that they did multiple takes. You know, some of it might be some kind of, he said, they said none of it's recorded. No. So I don't know how they, how he pulls it off. With I don't. Just him. But it's amazing. Yeah. They play a lot of stuff the Beatles never played live. Sure. Yeah. Never. They amazing. never even thought about that. I mean, they probably said, no, we can't play that live. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, man. So, back to Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Ted. <laughs> this is the uh, ADD episode. That's where okay. We're, we're just, like, all over the place. It'll be all right. So, like, as we were saying, you know, he's totally obsessed with the Thomas Crown Affair. He's trying to actually be the guy. He's actually trying to be Steve McQueen <sighs> from the movie. Buys yeah. a little MG sports car. He's speaking French. He becomes really good at billiards. He's hanging out in pool halls. <laughs> And all of a sudden, he's just trying to be like this refined guy, even though he's just some whatever dude from Ohio. You know, to what me I mean? that'd be the key to finding him. Fast forwarding. Yeah, true. We I mean, just watch the movie over and over. Like, again. who's bought Cuban cigars? Like, go go through all this movie, yeah, and let let's it find be like, this guy. Yeah, we can do it with your help. Let's, let's start our own RBI. Yeah, the D A M B I. D- the D-O-M-B-I. <laughs> the Dombey. Dawn of Mantis Bureau. I think you said A. I did. I the Dambi. The Dambi. <laughs> no, Dombi. Yeah. Dombi. <laughs> no. We but could. We this could guy do. was like a wannabe debonair. You know, he was yeah. just like, oh, no. Oh, oh. Yeah. That's, I mean, he wasn't just all bullcrap, though. No. Obviously. No, obviously. And, I mean, yeah. If he became fluent in French in just like a year. Yeah. I mean, he was just, well, we know he had an IQ of 135. Sure. So it was about this time in early 1969 that the now 20-year-old Ted Conrad secured a job at the public square headquarters of Society National Bank. The bank officials were impressed by his National Honor Society credentials, potential and excellent references from prominent, prominent Clevelanders. 
Every performance review hailed Conrad as well above average, and the young man was headed uh, for the fast track, end quotes. This is probably why Conrad was given the trusted position of working the cash vault, where he would package money to be delivered to the other society branches in town. So he's just working with stacks. He just looks like Scrooge McDuck in there, just surrounded by money. Scrooge McDuck. Ah, see, I handed that one to you. You haven't said that in so long. I love Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) Ted Conrad was a good employee, despite trying to cast himself as like a hometown Hugh Hefner. He showed up <laughs> he showed up on time every day and executed his job duties perfectly for seven months. Seven whole months. Then came Friday, July eleventh, nineteen sixty nine. Oh. The bank supervisor was absent from work that week to recover from a surgery, so Ted was not being watched quite as closely as an average day. That afternoon, Conrad announced that he was taking a break from work and uh, was going to walk to a nearby liquor store to purchase a bottle of Canadian club whiskey and a carton of Marlboro cigarettes. So no one paid that much attention when he came back into the bank carrying a big brown paper sack and walked into the vault. They thought maybe he just hadn't had time to run the stuff to his car, you know? Sure. he'll, He'll take it back after work, whatever. So when he exited the vault a few hours later carrying the same bag, that didn't raise any flags either. Sure. He's just carrying his whiskey and his cigarettes out of there. Ted smiled and waved to his fellow employees, wished them all a good weekend, and said he'd see them bright and early Monday morning. Unbeknownst to them, the brown sack he was casually strolling out of the bank with now contained a whopping $215,000, which, adjusted for inflation, today's money is over a million dollars. Well over a million dollars. Yeah. Ted Conrad breezed through the bank's front door, ducked into his MG two-seater in the parking lot, and headed home. No one at the bank would ever see him again. A couple hours later, Ted was seen by his landlady leaving his Clifton Boulevard apartment and climbing into a waiting cab. He was driven to Cleveland Hopkins International Airport, where he placed a call to his girlfriend, Kathleen Einhaus, to tell her he was heading to Erie, Pennsylvania to see a rock concert and that he would see her in a day or two. So he had a good alibi. Yeah. Single guy, apartment, the girlfriend. She's not going to be worrying because I've told her I'm going to be out. It's got a whole weekend. Yes. And they probably won't notice till Monday. So that's a 48-hour, over a 48-hour head start. Yeah, and I mean, they have they even have the show. If they can't find them within the first 48 hours, of course, that's usually a missing person. That, that True. Or if but, they don't solve the case or they don't figure out who shot the bullets or whatever. Yeah, like the... the it's very unlikely. Yeah. It's just it's just probability, I guess. Yeah, because it, it takes a nosedive for whatever sure. reason. After well, I mean, hours. it's just like you know, uh, yeah, just like whatever evidence there is is lost, which is scary because you always hear, and I don't know if it's that same way now, but when someone disappears, they're they're always like, well, we can't file a police report, a missing persons report for twenty four hours yeah. until they've been made. But that's half the forty eight already. Yeah. You're already half gone from, well, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't apply to a kid, so they just have to figure out most, probably, it's another probability thing. Like, if an adult's missing, more than likely they want to be missing. Right. And there's a small chance that foul it is. play or whatever. Yeah, it's way more likely that they're doing, that they're missing on their own, of their own volition. Yeah. But yeah, than- you're right. I mean, it's half the 24. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I do think, and this might be totally obvious to point this out, but, and you would you're you're going to know this but if there's any kind of indication like if they find anything out of place i think that 24 hours is a lot less like mm-hmm. especially blood oh yeah 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 or like a broken window yeah or, yeah I yeah see that, yeah 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I just had to point that out in just case, in case somebody out there didn't really know or uh, forgot or something like that. Right. And, and yeah. Okay. So, the weekend passed and the employees at the Society National Bank Public Square headquarters all shuffled back into work that Monday, July 14th. All employees except Ted Conrad. His co-workers found it very odd that Ted would miss work, but they soon made a far more alarming discovery. Several bundles of $50 and $100 bills amounting to $215,000 were missing from the vault. The police were called, and didn't, it didn't take too long to connect the missing man to the missing cash. After his phone call uh, to her, Kathleen never heard Ted Conrad's voice again, but she did receive a letter from him a few days later. It was postmarked from National Airport in Washington, D.C., and she received another final letter July 22nd from Inglewood, California. Ted admitted to the crime in both letters, and since Inglewood is home to the Los Angeles International Airport, authorities suspect there is where he left the country. Yep. Um, at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. 1968, mm-hmm. Thomas Crown Affair, it said, um, Crown flies away in a jet. No shit. Yeah. If I was a better podcaster, <laughs> I would have watched that whole movie. So no, he, no, no. It's, it's fine. I mean, He that's, followed that's, it to a T. Well, but it's talking... Uh, uh, look, um, let's see. Vicky and the police stake out the cemetery. It's talking about a cemetery. Uh, I guess that's from a pre... Um, maybe a drop or something like that okay. where they drop money. Uh, they wait for Thomas to arrive so they can arrest him. When his Rolls Royce arrives, however, he sees that Thomas has sent a messenger in his place with a telegram asking her to bring the money and join join him or else keep the Rolls Royce. She, tear, she tears the telegram to bits and throws the pieces into the wind, looking up at the sky with tears in her eyes. Crown flies away in a jet. Wow. So what's interesting is you're talking about the letters mm-hmm. and there's the telegram yeah. and the jet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I, you know that's all. I don't think that was. Of, yeah, I don't think that was an accident. But if if uh, I just thought I'd look and just by chance it it shows like that he was on this at the end, like Thomas Crown is on the island of something. Be like, hey, that's where he is. Yeah, boy, that'd be dumb on his part, wouldn't it? Yeah, to, to like go to the exact. But I mean, scene. would that would you you think someone would actually check? I well yeah you would think yeah you would yeah think. I'll, well I only know that because I I have it here oh okay um, so they used the this as- not they didn't use the movie not that I saw but they did they reported it to Interpol oh uh, okay I mean they well uh, okay uh we'll get into that though okay hunt. yeah yeah um well I, you know in just a few days after it happened the story started making newspapers but was overshadowed by other large stories of the day like the buildup of apollo 11's first mission that was at the same time cool el salvador's invasion of honduras and the squabble between joe namath and nfl commissioner pete roselle over a shady nightclub i don't know really much about that but yeah i don't know um this is but these are reasons why most folks have probably never heard of theodore john comrade so the hunt After the sighting by his landlady in the phone call and letters to Kathleen, Ted effectively dropped off the earth. Then came a supposed sighting by a couple vacationing in Hawaii. It was about three months after the heist, and the couple met a well-groomed young man sipping drinks in a bar. They had some pleasant conversation at the, uh, and the man mentioned living in an apartment near the Honolulu Zoo. 
Not long after, the couple saw a picture of Conrad on television and they immediately contacted the authorities. Yeah. One last hint of Conrad's existence was captured when a correspondence from him to an old friend was intercepted in late 1969. In it, he tells his friend that he was drastically altered his appearance and that he would never be caught. Um, wow. And, yeah, and he was Bold. right, at least so far, anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, I couldn't really find any more about the couple that saw that claimed that they saw him. And how old was he at the time? Uh, he was 20 years old when he disappeared. Hmm. So um, and that was in 1969. So he'd be 70 now. Yeah. You know, uh, that message was sent over 50 years ago. Ted Conrad is still at large if he's alive. Right. A federal grand jury indicted Conrad for embezzling and falsifying bank records in uh, December of 1969. There is no statute of limitations, so Conrad still faces 20 years in prison if he's ever caught. Oh, yeah. A federal, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that doesn't ever go away. The case was and is being investigated by local authorities along with the U.S. Marshal Service and the FBI. Conrad had no prior record, and the bank he robbed did not require keeping their employees' fingerprints on file back then. However... Fingerprints were later pulled from documents Conrad handled at the high school, bank, and college, and they were turned over to Interpol, the global police agency. Federal authorities would periodically examine telephone records of Conrad's friends and family, but found nothing. The authorities showed up at high school reunions and followed leads from Melbourne, Australia to Medford, Oregon, but never caught up with Conrad. If he's still alive, like I just said, he'd be 70 years old today. An age-progressed photo can be found online, and we've... Uh, we, I will also post that photo on our website. Uh, it's very unlikely that he wasn't joking about changing his appearance. It's hard to imagine him being this successful as a fugitive without looking drastically different from the man and all the wanted posters. So my question to you and to the audience, to you, the audience, what do you think? Do you think Ted is still alive? Do you think he died years ago and that's why he never turned up? Do you think anyone in his family or any old friends might actually know where he is? Um... No, I don't think, think, I don't think, I don't think he, I don't think they know where he is. Um, I mean, he could be alive. Um, I don't think he'll ever, ever be found. I mean, it's just, it's not pressing for anyone to, just unless some kind of dumb luck thing. Right. You know, you see some of these things that are solved just by dumb luck. Mm -hmm. Like something happens. I would throw the Golden State Killer in there. Just um, by finding, you know, his, his one of his sure. relatives went through the DNA thing. Yeah, that's what I was about <clears throat> to say. I was about to say this DNA thing. You know, 23andMe and Ancestry, they don't want any part of this. Um, and, you know, I, I'm kind of on the fence whether they should or not. I mean, it, I mean, well, let me, let me explain before I talk about that more. You know, cops have pretended to, they've sent DNA in and pretended it was theirs. Which told which totally skews the whole system, um, because they're saying that's my DNA, and then it's like, well, you're related to these people yeah, and all this see, stuff, yeah. um, and it's not even your name, and so that messes with the system. But if you got a woman sitting on the couch that always wondered what happened to her daughter in 1970, and that can help, uh, or want to find the killer, that's kind of cool. So I don't know. I don't know if there should. I don't know. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing but that's they're worried. Oh, I was going to finish. They're worried about their bottom line because, you know, let's say 10% of people are like, Oh, that's bull crap. I don't want my, I don't want my, uh, DNA in a system that the cops can anytime they want access. Right. So that's why they haven't actually had a, 
active relationship right. with with like twenty three and Me and Ancestry. It would hurt them. Yeah, even people that are not criminals are still paranoid. Can they sure. can be sure. like even me? Like you've done it, right? Sure. Uh, that was another one of the things that just got me. Oh uh, yeah, for Christmas was one of those. I oh, haven't I haven't cool. done it yet, but yeah, I'm going you to. Uh, and it was it was special, you know, her getting it for me because there's you know there's yeah. a half of my family yeah. that I don't know anything about. Yeah. So it w- it will really maybe fill in some blanks. Yeah. And be and and answer some questions maybe. Yeah, I was um, pretty dead certain that I would be like seventy percent African, but you know, <laughs> it's like point three percent. I don't really. Understand. We're all a little bit African. Yeah, I don't understand. And a lot of us are a little bit. Uh, uh, oh, I just totally blanked on it. Um. It's an ancient Neanderthal. Yes, Neanderthal. Neanderthal, I yeah. think is how you yeah. supposed to pronounce it. Some of us more than others, but yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, the where it shows um, you can link like seventy percent of I think it's seventy. That may be way too much to a certain female like group in this certain. I forgot what it's called again, but anyway, um, um, yeah. I mean the the trail is clear that links us to like uh sub-saharan sub-saharan africa or whatever and er, early man was really getting it on with neanderthals back then yeah i mean we were fine with it i guess yeah she's a foot shorter than my girlfriend and super hairy um but you know she's got a sweet personality i mean i feel like that's something we could say today sometimes (laughs) um not just way back then Um, so what do you so you okay would you have any theories well you know i think what i think is um one thing that doesn't help the police in this case is it's before internet i think this guy researched and said you know he was probably smart enough to say well hawaii's one place you know and and you know before you settle down like Hawaii would be a common place you think the cops would look like these like places. You know, oh, well, I bet he's in Tahiti, you know, it's like, <laughs> like those kind of places. So I bet I bet for a while he probably traveled around. I bet he thought it was more intelligent to just kind of jump. So that's why they couldn't find him whenever they searched. Here's something that dawned on me that I didn't read anywhere. France. Sure. He's fluent in French. Yeah. He could blend right in. Yeah, and it's a big place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, I was like, why didn't, maybe they uh, did search, but Canada, I don't know. Canada, uh, there you second go. Second language of a lot of, you yeah. know, I think that's the second most prominent language yeah. in, in Canada. It is. It is. So, yeah, France and Canada. And Canada, you know. That's a big ass place with not many people. <laughs> yeah. It would be hard. I mean, yeah. I could I could see much more more so in Canada than in France. Yeah, France is a small country. Yeah, and it's super populated. Densely. But I mean, it's 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 not going to. The good thing about it is it's from the away from the U.S., so mm-hmm. someone's not going to be super. Uh, you know, the chances of people knowing about this case over there is pretty slim to none. I would say so. I mean, yeah. how many French? unsolved bank robberies robberies do we know about right zero yeah i've exactly. never even heard of it yeah yeah i mean i'm sure they're there we just don't know yeah exactly yeah that's a good point man i mean all we know is the fartiste and that's <laughs> the only person we know joseph pujol yeah, god right. bless his heart god yeah. bless his fart yeah <laughs> that's awesome I had a ring to it the fart <laughs> so, did i mean i do want to say this is a long shot but if anyone listening has any information about theodore conrad you never know 
Contact the Northern Ohio Violent Fugitive Task Force at 1-866-492-6833 or contact your nearest FBI field office. It's easy to romanticize and say, hey, that's kind of cool. The guy just carried some money out. And, uh, you know, I I think they did this experiment one time. I think it was on 2020. When I was a teenager, I didn't miss 2020. My friends were like, hey, let's go cruising. I was like, it's Friday night. I'm watching 2020. 2020 and primetime live. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was right with you, man. (laughs) That's right. So, And then sometimes I didn't go. I was like, on Saturday, make sure I'm back by 1030 because SNL. But yeah, anyway, I was, yeah. I was such an old young person. Uh, but they did an experiment where they acted like this; these doors came open to this Wells Fargo, I saw and it. the money blows around, and they they did a thing. How much money did they get back? And when I was a teenager, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'd take that money and run off." Mm-hmm. But now, as I get older, you know, you want to be a productive member of society. You don't want to be a you know, you want to do things to make everything. You know, I think of Star Wars suffering. You know, <laughs> you can't go to the dark side because they're suffering. Right. You know, the, someone was saying that as they're dying Yoda, I think. Anyway, uh, so now I think this guy, it's easy to say, oh, that's cool. He got away with some money. But you know what? That just that affects everyone, especially in that area, because money's gone. Then they then the bank has to pay a higher insurance premium because they lost, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So then when you go to open an account. You don't get a highest percentage on your money again, or you have right. to pay more for your checking. Right. So, so it's not that, a victimless crime. Yeah, it, it really is. It's theft. I mean, right. uh, theft is theft. I mean, it's 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 pretty black and white. I think sometimes in society, people try to act like it's it's you know there's a lot of gray areas and theft, but. Uh, as the older I get, the more I'm just like, hey, you stole and you know it. Yeah, it's not yours and you took it. Yeah. Speaking of, on that 2020 episode, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there like, I remember being shocked at the amount of people that returned the money. Yeah, no, it was higher than, it was a kind of a thing that made you feel a little bit better about yeah. humanity. Yeah. And speaking of that type of thing, and like you were just saying, and I've said it too before, and I'll say it again, I'll say it frequently, the whole thing about be your own superhero. Sure. Even with the tiniest things, like even if you're getting out of your car at Walmart and you see this little old lady's about to have to walk her cart, uh, you know, 17 spaces back <laughs> yeah. to the cart corral, yeah. grab the cart for her. Yeah. Uh, just little things, man. Yeah. Just any little thing where you can just be a sure. leave, leave the earth slightly better than how yeah, you found yeah. it. Yeah. And, and I don't really, you know, people, sometimes people are big into karma and it's okay if you believe that. I just, I disagree. I don't really. There's nothing logical about that to no, me I and don't scientific. In it, no. But I will say this treat people like crap, and something bad happens to you, and it may not be because of karma, but people are going to care less that that <laughs> bad thing happened to you. Yeah. And they might laugh but, uh, to your face or maybe behind your back, and they're less likely to help you out of that bad situation because you've never helped anyone else. Right. So it is kind of that a, is, it is a societal karma that does, in that, a way. That, that's a little karmic there, yeah. 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 And so, what you put out does can come back in that way then. Exactly. Because if you've been a dick your whole life. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you're on the up and or not yeah. up and up. If you're on the down and down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people aren't going to care as much. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And they might not be so apt to help you or lend a hand or. Yeah. And that's not why you do it, but but that's that's another reason why. That's one small reason why. The 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 best reason why is because you have empathy for that person and you know how bad that could feel and you wouldn't want it for you so you don't want it for them yeah and i can think of several times that i've been in a bad way 
maybe broke down or just uh, in some sort of emergency situation. And I can't really ever remember a time where someone didn't just show up and help me. Sure. So that's... And you're thinking, you're always thinking like, why? this is weird. Yeah. Why would they do this? It's, but then you think, well, yeah, I I might do this. Sometimes they do way more than what you'd do and it makes you feel bad. Yeah. Well, I'm a little... One thing I'm guilty of is uh, I've if I drive by a, a car on the side of the road with its hood up and it's a you're kind of a younger dude... I'll just drive on because I'm like, you should have this, you know, or be able to at least do. I don't know. Yeah. That might sound crappy. No. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Also, if it's a younger girl, I won't stop. Yeah. Just because of, yeah. I don't know, it might look weird or it might not. I don't know. I just so don't there's only a small slice of the population. No, I'm trying to show There is. You got to be an older lady and I'll stop. <laughs> no, really. I, I stopped one time and uh, the woman's car wouldn't start. Yeah. And it was pouring rain and... Uh, the starter was locked up. I could hear it. Oh, okay. So I crawled under it with a hammer because I was oh, in my I work. That, yeah. I, I, I pecked on it while she hit the starter and it started. Oh, that's um, awesome. Just little things like Maybe that, man. Shim, didn't it? Starter yeah, probably shims. so. I, I told her just to drive it to a shop. But yeah. anyway, and hopefully no one cynical is listening that thinks like, oh, Mr. Mr. World here. Look, oh, you're such a great person. No, it's not that. Yeah, I, I drive by people and don't even hesitate. And never stop. I mean, kind of depends on the situation. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and, uh, I'm not perfect. Hey, and sometimes it depends. Like if, I, <laughs> if I'm if i in a bad mood or just in a shitty mood that day, I'll drive. You know, I'm more apt to drive by somebody or not help somebody. But you know, it's funny I'm that pissy, if you think about it, that could actually sad. be the thing that could help you. Like in that day. Yeah. It's kind of weird to think about it. It makes you feel good. Yeah. Helping people makes you feel good. Yeah. It releases endorphins big time. Yeah. So I recommend it. Yeah. For for no other reason, just to, why not? Just, just to know that if it, I helped make this person's day slightly better. Sure. That's cool. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a cool feeling. Yeah. It's a good feeling. You get to meet another soul, meet another person in the world and kind of see where they're at in their life and hope. Hopefully they, you know, step towards the right direction or there they get go. their problem fixed and then they have happier days ahead. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like my it's like my wife. She could have just told that guy to, to screw off and keep walking into the darkness. But she let, she charged his cell phone. She even went inside and got hand warmers. We got those hand warmer deals because <laughs> it was 30 degrees. Oh, and she yeah. brought him out hand warmers, you know, and yeah. but, but, but she was still safe. You know, she wouldn't let him come near the house. He probably just got done like beating his wife no i'm joking <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> i'm trying to be I, you're to be unoptimistic and i'm just but i was just thinking the the comedic value which there's zero the, tar, <laughs> the target the target of this comedic value is not the woman that was beaten uh that's terrible but i'm just saying like it would be kind of somewhat humorous right it's like oh i'll help you so much right right it's right like, you don't know what he just did i know that. yeah but that's not why he helps people you don't help people that in fact it's kind of like this the whole thing about bullying and stuff like that uh the the quick answer to bullying is to help the kids that are being bullied and then the big more logical more humanist reasonable thing is to figure out why the bully is bullying people and that's a much more difficult problem yeah but it has to be part of the conversation and it can't be um sometimes there's a there's a kind of a more reptilian low-level thinking 
where you're like, well, bully the bully. Show them who's boss. Right. Like where you're like, oh, I'll tell my kid if someone's bully him just to slug him. Yeah, beat his ass. It's like, yeah, that's probably what happened to him <laughs> or her. Yeah. You know, at home. Yeah. It's like, let's let's, do, let's bully the bully. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, um, you know, I'm not trying to be too liberal in that conversation, but that's the way I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying you don't do anything because that's that's equally as stupid. I don't know. It's a very difficult type thing. Yeah, I've talked. I think we should do a an episode on bullying sometime. It's, yeah, it's a very tough. It's a very tough subject. Uh, uh, there is actually a movie that um, parts of it are really awesome, and other parts I'm not a fan of. Um, but it's it's about. But I but I will mention it because it, a life was lost. There was a kid that committed suicide, and that happens all the time. Was it called Bully? It. Yeah, it's called Bully. Yeah, we watched it. Uh, That's sad. Uh, and there was, and I I I'm gonna give the guy benefit of the doubt. Maybe he was taken out of context, but it was actually some administrator, and you could tell they had been there for a long time. Obviously, they're kind of an older person, and. And one of his things when he was being criticized, and he's right. For some reason, he's right, and I still hate that he said this. He said, well, well, we've got to understand how complex of an issue. And I I was just saying that, and don't get me wrong. Hmm. But for some reason, it made me so mad whenever he was like, it's a complex issue. Like, I don't know if I was an administrator and and our school was under fire because of something that happened with a kid. I don't know if those words would ever come out of my mouth for some reason i hate that whole sentence (laughs) and and maybe you can put your finger on it it's just like my emotions are overrunning when i when i heard that yeah and maybe it was his tone a little bit too like where he was trying to like almost come back to the person that criticized him for for this thing happening at their school all this bullying and stuff but i mean he's right it is it, it, he is right, but I understand what you're saying as well. Yeah. And it would be hard. I don't know if we could. I don't know if it would be mentally and emotionally healthy for us to ever do an episode on bullying because I can't really get too much into it without getting too passionate about it. Well, because you know we both have experiences when we were kids, and oh every, everyone probably does of of the bullying and stuff. And uh, so, from my like seventh, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade or so. Uh, was yeah i mean you literally name it and it probably happened like having sure. my shoes taken and thrown in the dumpster my yeah. hat taken my shirt ripped off me and thrown in the trash have i had more uh, milk poured over my head yeah. in the cafeteria i was spit on yeah uh called every name in the book uh it got to where you know i i dread like life was a living hell going to school sure. every day and i'm you know someone might say boohoo but i mean it for a while there man i mean you know it, it was golly yeah dude kids can be i think unimaginably cruel now i know you're not in school now obviously but it seems in some regards like in those things those examples you were saying it seems like those things don't happen as much. But then there's another side that sometimes I think that it's a little better that it's happening this way because you got a digital fingerprint. I'm talking about the cyber stuff. Oh, yeah. That's horrible, too. Sometimes though. I think that's better because you have a digital fingerprint and you can screen capture and you can, yes, you know. That's true. But the problem is, is that doesn't 
then the the good with the bad is the bad with the good is that you can't turn it off when you get to your to home. Yeah, home is um, no longer your your haven. Yeah, your I mean you haven. can, but not a, a lot. Don't right. Um, um, because that would be my first solution. Um, for a, one of my kids, if they were being bullied, it's like, well, we don't do electronic devices tonight. We don't need it. Um, which is good anyway. Yeah. But uh, you know, but not every kid has a parent that would say that. And, and it's almost like, think about this too. Um, cause we've had someone say this before. It's like, well, let's just turn off the phone and not have it. Not that way. They don't be stressed out about it. It's not that simple no, because it's not. you think about, I mean, you think about your mess notifications, like building up when yeah. your phone's off yeah. and you turn it on and there's 50, you know? Yeah. Oh, he shared this, this photo of you that he made. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's totally horrible. It's just, to me, it's just as bad because it's, yeah, I think it is the mental, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's no better at all. Cyberbullying is terrible. terrible. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, it's like the only advantage that the bullies had in the old day is they old days is they would do something or say something like a kid could say something in front of all his friends and the kid would go up and tell the teacher if they did a lot of times they don't. And I understand why. But then it's like your word against theirs. It's like five of them, one of you. Yeah. Uh, they don't believe you. Nothing's done about it. It like I was saying about the digital. At least it's you. You can screen grab, and uh, that's the only silver lining in that terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. That you can that that it can be like, hey, why'd you say this? And they've, <coughs> I mean, it's it's a common practice. Let them talk. Okay, let's talk about your relationship with this other kid. You know, you don't say that. That makes it sound really weird. But, I mean, you just like, what do you know about this little kid? Do you like him? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're friends or whatever. It's, okay. Well, here's the chat log. Or here's what you posted about yeah, that kid. there you go. And and mainly, a kid's a kid, and they're still learning. They're still becoming a person, uh, turning into an adult. Um, in that case, the, the thing that I like the best is the parent has to see that the little angel that they think they have isn't. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, I'm not saying that's a great thing, but that's at least an eye opener. And if that does anything, I mean, it could make matters worse, obviously, but, um, I don't know. You have some an angelic people. They think they're, you know, it's like, Oh wow. <laughs> this, this kid's saying this. Yeah. 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 It's just crazy. And, it's it's bad because yeah, like even if you turn your phone off, you have to turn it back on at some point. You can't really. There's a time <laughs> yeah, you right. can't get away. You never know when the phone is going to go off. You know, like my wife and I were both, and you know, yeah, oh, yeah. cyber stalked and harassed yeah, for, sure. for a year and a half. Yeah, and you never know when your phone's going to go off and it's going to be some disturbing or disgusting message or yeah. you know, you just never know, and that psychologically. That's tough. But the but you got to think about this. I'll throw this out there again. The bundle of information well, that got you out ultimately, of it. That ultimately, yeah. The, the fact that you had it was bad, but the fact that you had it at the end was good. Right. Yeah, it's like the person is handing you sure. their own ammunition yeah. against them. Because eventually you have volumes of this stuff, and you can trace it back, and then you can put a yeah. stop to it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the only thing I can say to anyone that's undergoing anything like that. Just 
man screenshot print keep stuff write down dates keep it all and eventually you will have enough that don't you uh, think that's kind of a like a coping i cut you off at the end no that's fine uh, that's kind of a way to cope with it kind of turn into like investigative mode like it is because like, you feel like you're doing something yeah to maybe stop it eventually and then even though you get something that's terrible you're like hey that's terrible but wait that's good right that goes in this pile <laughs> yeah i mean and even like you you just feel like you're being productive against it yeah you know you feel like you're working together against this force this yeah. evil force and you're gonna you know like it's in the end you will prevail yeah and yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah i'm talking screenshot um you know i would film uh the dozens of of like of accounts that the person would make uh if my wife would block her immediately would just come back with another one but you film all that you know you sure you just document everything yeah and uh yeah eventually you will have enough that you build know, a case yeah yeah and then the case is so solid that you know yeah that's so awesome. yeah so that that's all i can speak of to that but so i couldn't tell you which was they're both horrible like the old-fashioned in-your-face bullying where the kid shoves you into the locker and then the cyber bullying is psychologically sure horrible which too. they're both you know one's physical but the physical one is also psychological yes but man. then you got the psychological that goes to a level that the the other the ones that i think you and i felt i don't think we ever got there i think i think it would happen and then i think afterwards we're pretty good at um you know finding other outlets and forgetting about it when we weren't at school right yeah that's the advantage that we had yeah you know it's super weird man it's super super weird but my experience at school the bullying and all that stuff it's like almost it felt like almost overnight it just flipped and i don't know if this had anything to do with it if it was if if so god i mean kids are trivial but it was when i turned 16 i got a pretty sweet car mm, uh, it yeah. was an old classic car that me and my dad i mean it was nice and fixed up and stuff and i remember driving the first day i drove it to school one of the bullies was like what well, year's that you know and i was like it's uh, a <laughs> yeah. what, what, what year was it 72 or something i don't remember but anyway he was just like oh, cool car man and uh Almost from that day on, I never had another, yeah. never had another problem with that anyone. Should, that shouldn't have been enough, but I'm glad it was. I mean, you maybe know? it was the, maybe it wasn't, I don't know, but it was super weird. Yeah. It was just, I was just like, really? Yeah, that is kind of strange. It was really bizarre. It may have been a coincidence that, the you know, maybe they just got tired of it. Yeah. Because they still bullied other kids, I saw, relentlessly, but for some reason I was just kind of left alone after that, so that was nice. <laughs> Yeah, and don't you think it's like a little bit societal, like this person's kind of awkward, they're kind of, you know, they're, they won't stay in their lane, it's like what we would think is normal, they want to do this, and we got to attack that. I mean, it's almost, I wonder if it's like something that helped our human race survive. Yeah, and then the more that they would make fun of you for having long hair and being different the more you ain't get angry and rebel even more. Yeah, sure. And then you, you're, you know, you want to be more different. Yeah. You know, cause why would you want to be like these guys? Yeah. It was, it's such a weird I thing. I feel like the good thing is our society in some regards is more accepting of being different. Way more these days. Oh my God. Um, but in other ways, like in certain clicks, it's not, it's kind of strange. Yeah. It's almost like now what they do is they kind of shut off other people instead of bullying them somebody that wants to be in that crowd they just don't let them in and that 
a lot of times that's reported as bullying. Yeah. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it is. You probably have a pretty, a pretty hands-on knowledge about. I mean, you witnessed. You probably witnessed this. Yeah, type of yeah, behavior. and I could, and I would never. You know, obviously, and you know this, and I'll tell everyone I could never talk about specifics. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah I try to generalize, but I, I see that happen a lot, and then I just see kind of like, you know, I see like what I think is parental behaviors and exclusionary behaviors um, where like a parent is a certain way and sees the world a certain way. And if a kid finds another kid that that doesn't see it that way, sometimes that becomes a problem. And then you just hear what, what I believe to be the parent talking because the kid can't back up. Right. You know, I can't say much more without I know, saying yeah. specifics. It's, but, it's good. It's but, you good. know, I, I see that sometimes, and that's kind of unfortunate. But, I mean, obviously, on the flip side, maybe it's not, because if you do have a positive quality and you you put that off on your kid and your kid has that same positive quality, that's cool. You know, that's awesome. So we need that. We don't need that every kid is just 100% their own person. I mean, right. they need to be able to pick up things from you. Obviously, everyone picks up stuff from their parents or someone that's a, you know, that that they look up to. Right, right. So I don't know. That becomes a problem, and then it's almost like their parents are fighting and not them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's getting kind it of makes deep sense. though. Yeah, um, but I'm know. telling you, man. We, I think we need to do it in a way where I don't get real like upset and emotional about it. But I think we could. Maybe if we try to do it in just kind of a dry clinical way, doing a uh, episode about bullying. I think so. Yeah, we can maybe do that. I'd like yeah. to maybe. Some I mean, it would get it would get serious at, at times, and I mean, sometimes we do anyway. Right. Um, sometimes. Um, but you know, there there's a a lighter side if we want to bring up lighter sides of stuff that happened to us when we were kids, stuff that we can when we were kids, like stuff that we can talk about now and not like it doesn't really get to you anymore because. You've had plenty of time to you know, like think about it. You know? Yeah, it was like terrible at the time, but yeah, no, I I'm good now. Uh, it's weird. Just the other day, we were Christmas shopping, so that recently, uh, I bumped into like the main instigator of that whole group really? of bullies. Yeah, and uh, it was no big deal. He was just yeah. like, "Hey, man," I was like, "Hey, small world," and he just kind of laughed. Yeah, it is, man. Good to see you. You know, it was just yeah, no big deal. Uh, you, I guess you got to be able to, you can't hold on to that stuff. You know what? I, and, and it's very similar, very similar to that. I, I saw a person that was kind of the same, the kind of some same main person that mm-hmm. would, um, you know, go after me at a time. And then sometimes he wouldn't and he'd go after other kids. Um, but when I saw this person a few years ago, like, it was. I think it was awkward for him. Oh yeah. Hopefully, yeah, that was like totally different. Hopefully, he felt like shit. <laughs> like I think, I think like extremely awkward for him to where you could just kind of tell. Like, and I and he's we have a mutual friend, and so I was talking to the mutual friend about something, and we we're just you know how guys will kind of just stand around in a circle and talk about random stuff. So that that's what happened, mm. and me and the other guy were just talking like we always do, and like free flow. And that guy was like, uh, like kind of quiet, and right. you could tell he's like, you know, it's like, oh, and your years of bullying, you didn't, earn, you didn't gain a personality. Right. Okay, I see. <laughs> maybe you should have, maybe you should have had meaningful conversations with people. And hopefully, not. he felt bad. Yeah. 
Just saying. And I will say this. I will say this. He was he was cool and but I mean I just had that like is this man this guy's you know kind of standoffish. I won't lie. I tried it on one time. There was only like one or two kids even scrawnier and smaller than me at this particular (laughs) time. And this kid's name was Shane. I remember it to I feel bad about it to this day. So I can't imagine kids that like made a career of bullying for sure. years sure if they ever grow up yeah. and feel bad about it because i only did it once ever and i still feel bad yeah. about it. but this kid's name was shane and there was a little half like rock wall outside the playground we may have been like 12 years old or something he was sitting on it and i shoved him off of it yeah and he got back up and he was like man come on and i was like i shoved him off of it again and then he had a friend named timothy that came up and kind of shoved me and he was like and he checked me and he was like what are you doing, man? You know, and he was a little bit bigger kid. And uh, it's it's one of those weird developmental things where yeah. for some reason that day, and maybe it's because I'd been bullied and I was going to try it out. But uh, immediately this Timothy kid checked me, shoved me down and was like, stop. He was being a good person. Yeah. And I kind of like felt it's one of those things. It's like, I guess you're growing up and yeah. you got all these hormones and yeah. you don't know what the hell. Yeah. And I felt weird about it and I felt bad about it almost immediately. And I ended up being friends with that with both of them. Oh, that's awesome! But to this day, it's I'm just like, why did I do that? Yeah, why? Did yeah, I, it's like I tried it out. It's I mean, weird. I think you 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 dance all around it. I mean, I think it was done to you. I think it's something kind of natural to for kids to do to a certain level. When it gets to this point where people are feeling terrible about themselves, that's obviously way way off the other end of where it should be yeah um yeah i don't know i've i've i you know i have stuff i regret too people that i uh said bad things to and now i piled on like the uh, rest of the crowd was doing it so oh yeah i throw in my little funny thing and oh it's funny too yeah it's like uh yeah i don't know i don't know it's crazy i regret that too i think about that sometimes too yeah um and this kid i just never see ever Really? I don't know whatever happened to him. I've looked him up on Facebook before. Even been tempted to send the little message like, "Hey, man," um, but I never did find him. Um, wow. Anyway, um, yeah, I feel bad. Feel feel bad for that. Yeah, I, th- I I used to think about sending messages like that to old teachers because I was just a little yeah. shit in school. I just whatever to make <laughs> anyone laugh. You know, I, I got in trouble so much, and yeah. especially my 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 music teacher, Mister Johnson. I actually bumped into him not, you know, just a few years ago and I just shook his hand and yeah. I didn't really say a whole lot, but I was just like, uh, you know, man, I'm sorry. And he just kind of laughed and he was like, eh, kids. Yeah. You know, but I just wanted, yeah. oh my God, dude, I know I made your life hell. I'm yeah. sure I did. Uh, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> just knowing you, you weren't as bad as a lot of. It wasn't anything mean spirited. It was just stupidness. Yeah. It was just, you know, just, just being funny being when you shouldn't have Total been. idiot. Yeah. yeah. And not, never taking anything seriously. Where, teachers, uh, well, I can't speak for all teachers. They don't take that personally. They shouldn't. If they should, if they do, they need to get out. Right. Yeah. The profession. Got to have a short term memory about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, they're just kids. Um, I did see, um, speaking on, along those lines, I did see it's been years ago, but one time I had this meat manager when I worked at the grocery store in the meat department. That's I like that. He was like a, a meat manager. Yeah, he I was like, like the head butcher. Uh, yeah, that sounds bad. Oh, good. Uh, but anyway, um, he uh, he was he was kind of a difficult boss to work for. He wanted things in a certain way. We had these eighty pound boxes of like pork or beef loins in in a box. There's like several of them in a the box. 
and he wanted everything like stacked like old to new when the new truck came in or new to old however you want to say yeah so the newest is on the bottom and he wanted one row so if it's seven boxes and you've seen those beef boxes the ibp beef boxes yeah they have big handles on the sides um and he wanted them in one row even if there's seven he didn't want them like you know our argument me and another guy is like well we could put you know, two, four, six, and then the seventh one on the top in yeah, the middle. Yeah, a nice little pyramid. Yeah. Meat pyramid. Uh, and then you could just, he said, no, I want them like this. So it was, truck days were terrible. And then you, he wasn't mean about anything, but he was a driver. Like, you know, hey, let's get that. You've been working on that too long. Let's go. Let's go. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, But uh, we worked hard. And uh, I mean, it, and one time I did see him years later. And I, t- I shook his hand and said, hey, thanks for, you know, teaching me kind of how to work back then. I was just kind of a lazy kid, and I got my first job, and I wasn't too gung-ho about it. And he's like, hey, you're a good worker, you know, and all this stuff, you know. Yeah. And we talked for about five minutes. That was really cool to be able to say that. Yeah, man. Because it, yeah. it really did. I mean, you know, um, you know, even even years later when I worked at other places, like I'd walk fast somewhere, walk to the back to go get something. And like other employees would walk with me. It was like, well, you walk fast. I was like, yeah, but I had this manager one time that said, if you walk just a little bit faster, you get so much more work done during the day and it's just better for everyone. Did he ever say if you have time to lean, you have time to clean? No, (laughs) (laughs) no. but that's something he, if he would have thought of it, he would have said it. Yeah. Golly. But I mean, just one of those guys, I mean, he had a job and he had numbers to, to produce and, and you know, he, he wanted you to earn your pay and and yeah, we go. did we earned it yeah yeah so anyway he was a good sounds like he was a good boss yeah yeah he was yeah. he was i mean he'd come off i mean you'd go home sometimes like mad so he came <laughs> off maybe a little bit too gruff than but i mean no one's perfect but maybe maybe he was for uh what he was doing maybe it was pretty much perfect i don't know yeah yeah kind of hard to say now yeah anyway it helped me out in the long run so thank you man Thank you, sir, wherever you are, if you're listening. Yeah, I doubt it, but his name was Tyler. <laughs> he is a cool guy. So, hey, is that have we come to the end of, is this episode 63? Uh, I think two, right? 62? 62. I don't know. Who knows? 62, yeah. 61 was a bank robbing. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. So, man, that was fun. Yeah. We were all yeah. over the place. That's what I like. Yeah. I like no, that. No, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Okay, well, we will talk to you guys on 63. We'll see you later. Nighty night.